Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the almost weekly Secrets of Saturn live streams. I am Jason Lindgren, your host, and it is indeed a live show. If it still has last week's title, just refresh your screen and it'll say this week's. We're going to be discussing a document once again from the World Economic Forum called Resetting the Future of Work Agenda, Disruption and Renewal in a Post-Beer Bug World. Isn't that exciting? But before we do that, uh, Crow and I, and whoever else wants to contribute, wanted to talk a bit about the second sun phenomena that has been going on the past few weeks. So, Crow, take it away. Um, there, you know, I was noticing what, what Bob said. He's taken all this heat. Um, if I was you, Bob, I'd be dealing with this way. Uh, it still needs to be proved out, but I just posted a timestamped YouTube video from the SLU Observatory. Um, these things are known. And people can do what they did with the lunar wave. They can act like idiots and belittle you. They can do whatever they want. Um, but this one's going to run the test of time. Um, I'm convinced of it. If you pick up at roughly 3 minutes, 19 seconds in the timestamp video I put there, you're looking at footage from the SLU observatory. These are big, professional, real-deal scopes. And listen to what the man says. Um, but I've got to punch out for about oh, 10 minutes here, guys. Um, but you, you can pick up, Jason. I, I could add more, but I got to do a thing. No worries. So, yeah, we, we looked at the video of the guy. I think his name is Wolfie is what he goes by, Australian or New Zealand or something like that. He's not even picking up the same thing. It's a just absolutely not the same thing. He's not doing it in the same way or anything like that. So for him just to outright attack and all the comments I was looking at saying that these guys don't know how to use their gear, well, maybe you don't either because you didn't do the same damn thing. So, hey, whatever. Take a look at what's actually going on before you start making a whole bunch of really rude accusations. That's what I have to say to all these mainstream astronomers. Something's going on. At least we're almost positive at this point. And it is what it is. But anyway, all right. We can always talk about that in detail if Crow wants later. I'm all about it because that is something that we actually premiered for the first time on our end at the uh, almost the very end of Shoot the Moon. And we've just been curious about it. So, what, what has it been now? Several years? Well, it's been since the end of 2015 that Crow shot that and wasn't sure what to make of it. But Anyway, I don't want to go on and on about that. Uh, we also have Wayne McCroy and the Great Baldini with us, as well as Crow. So welcome, gentlemen. Good evening. It's Howdy. good to finally be back on here, all of us. The band's back together, even the crappy drummer here. So. <laughs> <laughs> there might even be some leftover cocaine in the back of the truck. I don't know. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Already. Already. I think you had enough two weeks ago, my friend. Oh no, um, no, just uh, just some medibles, just uh, you know the the easy stuff, just a few gummies, <clears throat> a little sprinkle like of this, a little sprinkle of that, <laughs> just a few, just a few. Uh, didn't didn't reach a hundred, but uh, no, it's good stuff. We had a great time. All right, so let's get to this document. I did post the link. If anybody needs it again, let me know. I've got it saved on a tab here so I don't lose it this time. So this white paper is from October of 2020. So it is, what, six, seven, seven months old, something like that? Fairly recent. Something yeah, like that. definitely yeah. recent. It's Absolutely definitely recent. recent. So let's get down here and get this potty started. 
Alright, so for the introduction, over the past 10 years, the discussion on the future of work has predominantly been linked to job automation. However, while this trend and its ramifications will undoubtedly remain a relevant strand of the discussion, the rapidly evolving nature of our economies and societies, accelerated by the beer bug crisis, has brought about mm -hmm. a broader range of shifts in how and where we work, the ways in which we work, workplaces and workforces are organized, and the employee-employer relationship. Do they still have relationships or do they just have Zoom calls now? I think it's mostly this, just Zoom. Zoom. Calls. Yeah. <laughs> According to this document, mostly just Zoom calls. Yeah. Relation what? <laughs> so I think what they're trying to tie into here first is how uh, pretty much in the 1970s, I think, is is when the ramifications of automation started coming in and people were making a big deal about it. They're, they're kind of hearkening back to that. And things shifted in a different direction, but jobs were created that didn't exist before, and on and on and on. Uh, what now? What was going on? And Crow and I did a, a bunch of work on this uh, in our de decades shows. Was that they were stripping out the industry of the United States and moving it overseas uh, to several different places: Mexico, China, uh, several other Asian nations as well, uh, especially in the '70s. And it looks like they're getting ready to finish that job, guys. What do you think? Oh yeah, I think they've kind of uh, pounded the uh, the whole industrial factor here in the U.S. into oblivion at this point, and now they're working on the service economy here now too. That that's the big thing that I think is going on here, as far as a, a shift in uh, how our economy works, and you know all the things involved with that, with the workforce and everything. So we could see that. I mean, you could look back at, like you said, at uh, you know the the uh, decades. Uh, series that you guys did and see how they shifted our economy from like this uh, manufacturer economy to a service economy and all, all the things that went along with that. And now we're to the point where they're decimating the service economy here now too. And that's all part of this great reset thing. And that's all for the sake of getting this infrastructure set up, this uh, internet of things. So that's, that's kind of where we're going next. This is all fourth industrial revolution stuff right here uh so that's what it's about they're trying to basically outsource or you know um not outsource necessarily to some degree with uh, like a lot of call centers and stuff like that they outsource uh the work there but they're trying to transfer it to automation as opposed to human workers in the workforce and uh that's that's going to be a profound change for how things work uh, you know, in the the retail market and stuff like that that we're familiar with here. Mm -hmm. And they're called, they specifically refer to it as a distributed workforce. Um, and as you mentioned, Wayne, sort of like outsourcing, but uh, it uh, certainly keeps the power of uh, any collective uh, humans, right? Um, uh, you, you're so far away from others. In similar similar way, what we see um, uh, developing, for example, just in our community, right? There are many in our community, but we're um, spread so far and wide uh, that it diminishes um, the available uh, power and leverage that we have because we're spread so far and wide. Uh, and that's uh, one of the things that they're doing. I noted um, one of the things we were talking about before we began talking this evening, uh, just the overview of this document um, certainly follows along uh, a very similar pattern with what we see the sort of, um, <laughs> you know, regurgitation and parroting of what uh, that people badly parrot uh, what they uh, what they hear in the news and uh, noted earlier today in fact that uh, those who are the uh, most 
the quickest to, to say, I trust the science, uh, are the, the least um, capable of understanding what it is. Uh, they just badly regurgitate something they sort of half heard in the media uh, and then say, yeah, those science smart guys, they, they know what they're doing. Um, and this really plays, this, this entire document uh, plays uh, right into that. It's uh, the sort of thing, it's a white paper that you could distribute to any of um, the sort of middle manufacturing or uh, middle, uh, not, not large corporations like smaller corporations with the idea that, eh, oh, there's going to be these disruptions in the workforce and we've got it all worked out here. Why don't you just do what we say? And uh, many people will exactly the same way follow along and go, yeah, these smart guys got it all worked out. Sciencey, it's all science. Well, let's do whatever you say. Uh, and it's uh, it's very bold, and they they really um, uh, they don't uh, hide it much anymore. That's the remarkable thing to me. Whether it's here or whether it's their great reset website, uh, they are pretty open uh, about what their goals are. Uh, one um, worldwide government. <laughs> With them in control, and you'll own nothing and be happy and do whatever they tell you. And they're going to define happy. And if you don't like it, <laughs> well, hello world, there's a new world order. Come on, get happy. Get That's happy. what this is. It's written for the, mid- <laughs> written for the uh, middle management uh, people in the corporations yep. here so that they could get on board, so that they could, uh, you know, uh, get right on on the track with with all of this stuff this is yeah see this is this is what they do when they they touch base about things okay we'll use all the corporate lingo and everything that's what this is loaded with all the corporate jargon we're going to touch base and as per my email and yes it's very robust and uh uh, one of the other words that that we'll see used uh in this document as i was reading it earlier i spotted it and i started laughing uh where is it i'm going to find it here um, I, where did it go? Well, I know it's here. We'll get to it. Agile workforce. They're going to empower their agile workforce, and they've got so many agile. Dumb oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're agile. very nimble. Yeah, they got <laughs> and uh, hybrid working options, right? Uh, so yes. yeah, it's, it's it's very. Uh, they love those buzzwords, and they're really uh, they're really oh, going to push okay. those through. Here's what I was laughing at. It, it talks about how uh, many of these companies pivoted rapidly. Yes. Ooh, they nice. You never want to be smart, sciencey corporate types use the word pivoted when they're able to respond appropriately to a, some kind of an emergency situation. So Ooh, yeah, my pivot <laughs> table worked out. Uh, yeah, you never want to be the pivot man when it comes to a circle jerk. That's all. <laughs> I'm just That's what happens when there's too much leftover cocaine. Right? No, no, no. Yeah. Mm, ouch. Mm. Okay. So before we get into this anymore, we should refresh everyone's memories that this is from the World Economic Forum, the same James Bond villains that we have spoken about before with their bullshit Great Reset, which is, as I keep saying, the New World Order with new lipstick on that big, fat, stinky pig. Yep, and they were also uh, major contributors to Event 201, and you know what that was. All right, so continuing on. The beer bug pandemic will have profound long-term consequences for our economies and societies, including for the future of work. Okay, well, we can stop right there, ladies and gentlemen. Why have there been long-term consequences? How about because all the dipshit governments in the world intentionally shut things down for weeks, months, and now over a year, which was completely and utterly unnecessary? 
I think anyone would have a brain knows this at this point, and all the d- damage and destruction that has been done has been completely intentional, and we're going to pay the price for it, and, but they're going to come trotting in with their suitcases and be like, oh, look, we've got a solution for you. It's right here. Yeah, exactly. A prepackaged solution, because that's how they roll. In fact, uh, just to show uh, how... Uh, in lockstep, everyone is, uh, according to this Ooh, document. lockstep. Lockstep, yep. 93%. Uh, 93% uh, of uh, uh, countries uh, did uh, exactly what they were told, according to this document. 93%. That's that's like a ridiculous number when you're thinking about the entire world, that that much of the population followed suit to this whole agenda which it's was un- clearly freaking an agenda from the get go it's yeah. unbelievable what is what it is if all the, if the stories that they tell right if the uh, if, if they give the patina of legitimacy that oh everybody's you know these national uh, interests and we're all fighting for control and dominance and that 93% uh, had an exactly identical response um, to what was clearly nonsense uh, that's uh, that's pretty telling indeed, uh, because it was uh, very clear that it was nonsense, and uh, very few people who uh, said anything different, uh, like Zambia's president. Well, he's see, he's no longer with us. So, yeah, he's also the one that tested a grapefruit or something. And yeah, a pawpaw and a goat yeah, and and, and uh, some yeah. uh, motor oil. And a can uh, of soda and yep. mannequins. All these things have tested positive. It's amazing. It's quite yep. remarkable. As part of the Great Reset needed to support the transition to a fairer, more sustainable post-beer bug world, companies have a responsibility and a rare opportunity to rethink their organizational and workplace structures to invest in their workforces as core drivers of long-term resilience and future success. Oh my God, how Mm. many freaking buzzword (laughs) bullshit nonsense Mm -hmm. words can they shove in there? Long-term resilience, I'm all down with that. Oh boy. Can I sell you pro coverage with that too? What page are we on, boys? Uh, Page three. Okay. We are in the second paragraph. Of the introduction. Of the introduction. We didn't get too far without you. No, there's there's a lot to go over here. Having recognized the beer bug crisis as a defining leadership and transformation moment, uh chief people officers, chief people officers, (laughs) and other human resources, (laughs) and business leaders are now called on to build on what they have learned from the immediate crisis response to reset their organization's future of work agendas and lead the way towards better and more human-centric work, workplaces, and workforces. And they can listen to human music. <laughs> human-centric, what they mean by that is they're going to replace you with with machines. So <laughs> yeah, and let me read through the jargon for according you. According <laughs> to Mark Zuckerberg, I, used to, I was once human. I used to be human. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this sad. this it's, is so full of nonsense. Life. I mean, come on, we're, we're we're two paragraphs in, and this thing is so far up its own ass of bullshit. I mean, <laughs> but did you expect otherwise? I mean, it's a robust document. Well, that's the fun <laughs> part about this for me. I intentionally don't read much of them ahead of time. I trust that Wayne, if if he happens to be the one that recommends something, I trust that Wayne knows what he's talking about. I'll glance over it just to get the general topics, but I don't read all the little, little parts in between because that's the fun part of me being on the air and being appalled at the ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah, that, that's part of the magic that works. Yeah, it just it just is because yeah. now you're getting my, my actual reaction. I do read them in I do read them in advance uh, <laughs> so that I can see where the good. 
good parts are. And, uh, this one was a head-scratcher for sure. <laughs> Not going to lie, Jason. Sometimes I look for some of the most appalling dung heaps. Of a, <laughs> just, of a just to hear me uh, rant and rave about them a little bit. <laughs> yeah, ru- rumor has it there's a second sun. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> Might be. Two suns setting in the sky, right, Roger Waters? <laughs> This report, developed in collaboration with Mercer, brings together key insights and lessons from the beer bug crisis response of the World Economic Forum's broader industry community to imagine and set out an updated future of work company action agenda for a post-beer bug world. In particular, the report brings together the perspectives on beer bug workforce-related best practices of more than 60 chief human resources officers from leading global employers, as well as a broad range of insights into how organizations are preparing for the post-pandemic shape of work countries on average. Oops, am I jumping the wrong page here? For the post-pandemic shape of work from From the the forum's forum's network network of preparing for the future of work industry accelerators comprising (laughs) more than 200 senior HR leaders, education technology, and learning providers, academia, and government stakeholders in nine industries. They they are so much into HR. The last time I worked a corporate job, I thought HR was so over-the-top ridiculous and useless, and they hire the most tutti-frutti of ridiculous people (laughs) <laughs> to get these Absolutely. jobs. I'm just like, oh my God, are you serious? Are you for real? Like, how are you the human relations <laughs> you know, officer when you're like the kind of person who doesn't relate to the other 99% of the company? You're nothing like the rest of them. You're you're all, oh my God, these people. But anyway. It's, the, it's like the uber woke right? The, yeah, exactly. That's who they put in there. Yeah. yeah well, here's, here's the best is. part of all of that. The first thing that gets cut when a corporation's in trouble is the HR department. So goodbye. Well, the, the, the most fucking useless thing that the company's got. <laughs> Pretty well, much. When, when the people get cut, it's the HR department cutting them. <laughs> you, you notice the alchemical crossover, what they call the chief human resource officers here? <laughs> they call them crows. Um, <laughs> so they're using the negative aspect of the putrefaction, which is required before change. So when a murder of crows gets together, everybody's heads get put on the chopping blocks? The alchemical representation of what the crow represents is being used here. Um, Anyhow, it's the negative version. In other words, this whole document's about how do we get rid of people. Um, And so (laughs) they've given a special acronym to the human resource people who will be the chief agents of getting rid of people because they're in charge of the resource that is human. Um... And they're they're showing this is how you disintegrate it. That's why they're calling them crows. Anyhow, hmm. oh, just the simple name human resources alone should be very telling to people because, well, that dehumanizes a person and turns them into a thing. If you're a human resource, yeah, you're just a resource. Yeah, you're just and a expendable. Number. Yep. <laughs> Building on this wealth of insights and experience from the forum's broader industry community, this report is intended as a call to action for companies and organizations globally to update and reset their future of work preparedness agendas for a more relevant and inclusive post-pandemic new future of work for all. Oh, 
okay. Importantly, these are not just questions for after the crisis. Forward-thinking crows point to a need to consider early on how work, the workplace, and the workforce will look in the medium to long term to begin making the necessary investments today because it's coming whether you like it or not because they said so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. And this is, you know, looks like it's something that the corporate jargon generator could have put Absolutely. together. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but it, but again, it's a, the entire thing is a thought piece meant to um, influence those who uh, don't have the wherewithal themselves. They go, oh, geez, we're stuck in this really bad situation. What do we do? Oh, it's gl- going to be a reset. How do we get on board? Oh, these smart people will tell me what to do. Cool. Uh, well, whatever you say. Good thing they it's laid science-y. out the solution for us. It's, it's science It is. Have, it's very science and, and they have a lot of buzzwords. It's a very robust document. <laughs> It is. It's it's very much so. All the smart people in middle management will, will dig this. Because they used, uh, you know, 4.7 buzzwords per page. So um, that's a, it's a high ratio. And that is quite the high ratio. Per page? Now, is the, it more like per paragraph? <laughs> well, in this case, yes. It's, uh, yes it, it, it exceeds 4.2 per paragraph. So. Um, and again, this uh, uh, this figure one on page four, I thought was very very telling. Um, that uh, is immediately the like the um, the planned business measures in response to the beer bug. Um, more than eighty percent, eighty four percent, accelerate the digitization of work processes. In other words, uh, remote uh, using video conferencing, that sort of stuff. And then eighty three percent specific to uh, remote work. So and then automation of tasks. So uh, keeping people. Uh, away and right uh, and uh, keeping people separate that's part of the part of the structure where everybody again has no there is no um, uh, power of the group they have just crushed the power of the group and made everybody individuals powerless are you ready player one stay at home yep (laughs) pretty much you mean to tell me that they've made the workers unions obsolete it would seem so wouldn't it though that's a, that's another uh, little uh, interesting tidbit that's food for thought for some of the people out there and if you're one of those yeah if you're one of those union workers you know your job might not be real safe real soon and that was the whole point of having the labor unions in the first place yep well it looks like they figured out a way to deal with that as well okay. they're so devious the workforce and workplace impact of the beer bug crisis As of mid-2020, 93% of the world's workers resided in countries with some form of workplace closure measure in place to prevent the spread of the beer bug. Businesses providing essential services such as healthcare, logistics, food, and retail continued to operate with new health and safety measures in place. Where jobs could be performed remotely, companies pivoted rapidly to the largest experiment in mass remote working in history, comprising 39% of workers in OECD countries on average. Businesses deemed non-essential and those impossible to perform remotely, including in industries such as travel and tourism, were suspended during lockdowns because fuck you and your jobs, you don't need to have a job, do you? Leading to millions of workers being furloughed or laid off. All right. Yeah, man. That's 
pretty compelling right there. They pivoted so rapidly in the largest experiment in mass remote working in history. It's an experiment. There it is. It's all laid out for you right there. They wanted to see just how well they could do this. And well, that makes uh, it very sciencey because yeah. it's an experiment. <laughs> they, they sure succeeded in, uh, you know, give, sticking it to people, didn't they? Indeed. Uh, the travel and tourism industry really took a major hit. As well as the entertainment of all kinds. Yeah. yeah. Movie That's theaters. Tra- travel is fatal to bigotry, so they can't have that. Well, in, in speaking of entertainment, though, uh, they're, they're doing that uh, uh, roll up your sleeve, get vaccinated uh, show on NBC on Sunday night here, I see. <laughs> so there's your entertainment for you. Our entertainment that... has been reduced to that piece of steaming hot crap. That implies that it's not going as well as they like, and they had to uh, scramble to get all these dipshit celebrities it's, involved. It's not. It's not going well. They're starting to run on the local news stations here. How many vials? What do we call those things? Um, are getting thrown away at the end of the day, and there's times when they're throwing away more than they're using. They're claiming. At the same time, hmm. they're touting their new delivery. And by the way, we're going to open up everyone's eligible now you know this little game they've been playing of yep. scarcity it's not working um yeah no it's not it's not working there's going to be a lot of people that get jacked here but there's going to be a lot of people who knew better right the 40 percent of the marine corps is not cooperating and taking it too yeah and they're going to try to make it mandatory for the military and that's going to create some mm-hmm. that's going to be problematic because yep. technically they own you but the yep. problem becomes is when something owned doesn't do what you say then what do you do you can't court martial 40% of the marine corps there's like huh. when i was in there was 200,000 marines and it was at one of the all-time smalls um, but the other thing about that is the marine corps when i was in was made up predominantly of minorities or lower income places um, so that tells you something about what's going on here. I also strongly is suspect it, it, you don't want to yeah. piss off the Marine Corps. Well, I did. I stood my ground against them. They threatened me with court martials and all this stuff. They wanted to give me a series of three shots for, what was it, swine, meningitis, or encephalitis, whichever one makes your brain swell <laughs> until you die, supposedly. It was a pig, but they, pig one, they, wasn't it? They openly said that it had never been approved by the FDA, but you didn't have to take it, but they brought the battalion in, and I refused. And the next thing I knew, I was standing in front of the base commander, a full bird colonel, um, and he basically threatened me with a course martial, and I said, court martial away. I'm separating from the Marine Corps in a few months. Do whatever you want. And they backed off me. So it goes to show. There were six Good of us out of a whole battalion who refused to take the shot. Two of us were separating. Um, but that was a three series shot. So what do you suppose that was testing for? Right. It was one of these ones where you got to take this one. And then a little bit later, you got to take this next one. Um, these are queue ups. These are testing grounds. Um, and they didn't do a damn thing to me. Threatened me. (sighs) All right. Moving on. Moreover, according to the forum's Future of Jobs Report 2020, more than 50% of global businesses have accelerated the automation of tasks in response to the crisis, with more than 30% also accelerating the implementation of reskilling and upskilling programs. 
With the arrival of the pandemic, companies changed their operating practices essentially overnight, prompting many to re-examine how well their employees were prepared and, and supported to carry out their duties. While prior to the pandemic, organizations were already undertaking initiatives to support and equip their workforce with the right types of skills, jobs, and tools, many were doing so at a pace not aligned to the accelerated speed of change brought about by the Fourth Industrial Revolution and other global trends. Wayne, would you like to talk a moment about the Fourth Industrial Revolution? Because we have broken that down here as well. Oh, the good old Fourth Industrial Revolution. This is basically the digitization of everything. Uh, this is your Internet of Things being brought online. And uh, in case you're not aware of it, you are going to be part of the Internet of Things because that's how these people view you. You're nothing more than a plaything for them. Uh, you're, you're property. You're a human resource. That's how they view you, and they will tie you to this Internet of Things. And they also have plans, various subsystems of this Internet of Things, one being the Internet of Bodies, which we also covered here, and the Internet of Thoughts, which I think we also covered that to some degree mm -hmm. or another, too. So all of these different subsystems of the Internet of Things are in the works, and they're setting up the infrastructure for that now as we speak. Uh, they've been rolling out uh, all the 5G arrays and everything during this entire pandemic, uh, you know, on a worldwide scale. And they are proceeding with that. And they're also uh, getting ready to implement the next generation of technologies along with that. There's already been talk of 6G and, uh, you know, various other things that go along with that. Now, uh, 5G in and of itself is a concerning thing. And I think that's contributing to a lot of our problems in the world. Uh, right now, health, uh, because health included, right? Yeah. yeah, mostly health is what I'm I'm referring and, and to. Activating mechanism. Yes, it's it really is. It's a triggering mechanism, and see that that's a provable fact. Radiation affects the human body. Now, at some point, your body will adjust and adapt to that radiation if it's a new uh, frequency bandwidth or something like that you're being hit with. Uh, but you will have some uh, health effects from that initially. And you may have long-lasting health effects from that, too. And don't we see that going on uh, in a lot of different ways? And, you know, they've kind of used uh, this whole uh, pandemic situation as a means of kind of getting this 5G infrastructure in place and kind of keeping it on the down low. And at the same token, people are getting sick. And guess what? We have this killer bug out there. Uh, that's circulating, so, you know, it can't possibly have anything to do with, uh, you know, technology or anything like that, can it? So uh, you could kind of see, uh, you know, how this kind of thing could be utilized in, in that kind of a way. But uh, as we're, we're going along here, you got to keep in mind the whole concept and the whole agenda being pushed here is this fourth industrial revolution. This is your great reset. And this has been planned and in the works for a very long time. And they, they used this whole situation that we've been in for the past year as a way to really amp up uh, how fast they're doing this. And they've been extremely successful in shifting uh, the way people live their lives and how they do business and everything relatively quickly here. And they've made some permanent changes already. Uh, with this, and they plan on making many more permanent changes. And one of those changes is keeping people um, 
separated and kind of out of the social loop, especially when it comes to practicing business or something along those lines. And, uh, you know, getting your needs, your basic needs met and stuff like that. They, they want you to go about it in a different way and stay away from each other. So it, it's kind of uh, separated people uh, in a physical sense. But at the same token, it's bringing people together. Guess where? In a digital sense. So that's exactly the, what the one of the goals is that they're aiming for. They want people to interact differently than they have in the past. And it all needs to be done through the computer, through this machine, through this interface. And that's what they're aiming for. That's how they want people to communicate in the future. That's how they want people to uh, interact in the future is through this digital medium. Wholesale and, control. Right. This is why all the standalone, like you used to have a standalone Word, you used to have a standalone Photoshop. Those are all online now. That's for yep. full control. There is nothing industrial or per se revolution about any of this. Not yet for the revolution part. What it is, is the first known digital, digital, call it a revolution if you like, but it's not. It's just, it's a manipulation. In, in, in our age, this is truly not the information age. What this age is, is the age of deceit and lies and manipulation. That is what age we are in. The tools are high tech comparatively to the previous 20 years, but there is nothing in common with any so-called industrial revolution, which again was put forward by the richest among us um, against the wishes of the populace. All the trade guilds and all these other things that tried to push back um, against, you know, it's a bit like the Hobbit story, right? The Hobbits didn't want the machines. They go off, all these bad things happen. They make it back to the Shire and guess what? There's black smoke in the air and there's machines in the rivers and stuff. Um, that's what's going on here, but don't be fooled. This is digital. And the reason it's digital is the same reason your standalone things have gone away because it is wholly controlled. If you are typing a word doc on the new system, they can stop you mid sentence and say, sorry, can't use our tool for that. Um, that's where this heads, and that's Ready Player One. By the way, we Absolutely. did an entire show with Wayne McCroy, episode 178. Rose would like everyone to know that we completely covered the fourth industrial revolution. Wayne? Yeah, that one was a while back now. <laughs> it was. Oh, by the way, formidable Jake, thanks for the super chat. He says, buy some land, grow your own food, master your favorite craft, become your own boss, become a Crow 777 member. Five steps to crush the one world order. <laughs> all right, so continuing on with this document. As a result of all this, a window of opportunity now exists for companies and organizations to reassess the impact of the pandemic, review the changes imposed, and reset and rejuvenate their approach to work, the workplace, and their workforce to create new meaningful employment opportunities while ensuring workers are adequately prepared for the new shape of work. Yeah, that's if they even have a job in the first place, right? Because maybe you could sit on your ass at home and, and get a universal basic income from old Uncle Sniffer Joe. So we have a chart here where it breaks hell of, down. Hell of a chart. <laughs> hell of a chart. Hell of a chart. So plan business measures in response to the beer bug. I'm not going to go through all the numbers, but here are the breakdowns that uh, have been put into place. Accelerate the digitization of work processes, such as use of digital tools and video conferencing. Well, we definitely know that happened. Provide more opportunities to work remotely. Absolutely. Accelerate automation of tasks. Accelerate the digitization of upskilling 
and reskilling, for example, education technology providers. Accelerate the implementation of upskilling and reskilling programs. Accelerate ongoing organizational transformations or restructuring. Temporarily reassign workers to different tasks. Temporarily reduce workforce. Yeah, year plus, right? Temporary. Permanently reduce workforce. That's what's coming. Whoop, there it is. Temporarily increase workforce. Not very much of that on this little chart, is there? No specific measures implemented and permanently increase workforce. Okay, so that's their yeah, breakdown. But that this, is, this is a double reverse because it's supposed to be presenting by percentage the share of employers who did this, I believe. But what it comes off as is goals, the way that they've put this together. Right, that's that's exactly what this is, and if yep. you could read read between the lines, double that reverse. was their goals. Yeah, it's the old double reverse trick that they play all the time. We're gonna, uh, you know, put this chart together and show you this is exactly how these places reacted, and we knew they would because this is exactly how we wanted them to react. That's kind of what they're telling you, tongue in cheek, uh, and at the same token, it's the double reverse. It's the plausible deniability effect once again. Uh, they do this all the time, and you'll see that permanently increase the workforce is the very least <laughs> one on this chart. So that's the whole thing. I mean, this is this whole situation we're in has utterly decimated the entire economy uh, here in the U.S. I mean, all over the world, too. But uh, here in the U.S., where we've basically been switched to a service-based economy, uh, it's it's wrecked. Everyone has, though, Wayne. So many places yeah. are. It's just uh, it's it's about uh, tourists now, basically. Yeah, and the ones that were most uh, devastated, of course, are the mom and pop businesses, the small, uh, under one hundred employee uh, businesses. The large corporations, of course, all did uh, remarkably well. Amazon, uh, Walmart. Uh, Target, uh, all these places immediately begin hiring uh, the moment, in fact, all of them began advertising uh, fortuitously, like, like all over the place, especially here in Seattle for Amazon and other tech places. Uh, the major corporations began hiring immediately. Uh, and uh, but but everybody else, of course, is closing. So um, major corporations, in, including even restaurants, many restaurants closed, uh, but not the major corporations. So uh, every small business got uh, hammered. And the only places that did well, of course, is the uh, major corporations are the only ones that uh, profited. Ready Player Gee, One tells okay. you the, the genesis of that with its IOI, right? That's a verbatim Marty McFly 9-11 encode. Um, IOI is the representation of big multinational corporations owning it all um, to the point where they just by proxy become the government as in ready player one it was the corporations jailing people they didn't ask permission or anything else they put people in debt and then they jailed them um, this is the representational world of ready player one that mr spielberg was so proud to put down on make-believe film Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you can see the, the parallels between Ready Player One and many of the things that they've done and the things that they are laying out in these different documents and stuff that they have planned. So, It's the removal of all skilled, uh, how would you say it, craftsmanship-based labor, too. Um, people who have skills to build real things in the world are going to become diminished. Because like Ready Player One, uh, the values have to be shit. It's what's that Fortnite? That game is the perfect example. In Fortnite, besides the fact that everyone's killing each other and the the last man standing idea, 
Um, you, you give money away in the game that you had to work for in the real world. You get a currency back that is completely valueless, even though the money you gave them is valueless. There's perceived value, and you had to work for it. In the game, what you're using the money for is looks. So you can have a cool gun or cool armor or whatever it might be. The point I'm making is it's the mental shift between valuing things that have intrinsic value and the shift that's going to be required to go live in the digital world where everything that is valued highly has zero intrinsic value. As in Ready Player One, the most educated person in those groups knew everything there was to know about movies, film, and music. That was the epitome of education. In other words, shifting a knowledge base to complete worthlessness. Um, that's what the digital world will represent. All right. Challenges and opportunities for human resource leaders, boards, and executives. As the pandemic is fundamentally a crisis with immediate and direct impacts on workforces and workplaces, Crows and other senior HR leaders have been at the heart of companies' responses. Well, maybe they want to talk about feelings. Organizations have had to learn to think and act fast. In doing so, insights and experiences from across the forums, Crow, and future of work industry communities highlight that addressing employee health and safety has been a primary focus, along with ensuring business continuity and managing the shift to remote working. Well, the only people convincing everyone that they had to be oh so concerned about their health and safety in the first place is you bunch of jackasses, because... I don't see a problem. Anybody else see a problem? Having adapted... Yeah, I, I see a problem with humanity, but I have a feeling that's going to be adjusted pretty quickly. 40% 40, 40 of the Marine Corps will, will show which side you should have been on. There you go. Having adapted quickly to the crisis, companies have now increasingly begun assessing what good practices need to be institutionalized and what approaches need to be adapted for disruptions that are likely to persist for months, if not years. A marathon, not a sprint, as one crow put it. I know who needs to be institutionalized. This Schwab guy. Klaus. Klaus. <laughs> Uncle Klaus. However, the challenge and opportunity of the current moment goes beyond either managing disruption or returning to some old or new normal. Oh, yeah, there you go. For HR, this is a real opportunity to move away from prescriptive and standardized approaches to become more relevant to each employee. More broadly, for company boards and senior leaders, there's the potential for considerations on well-being, purpose, and new ways of working to come together to create a new deal for what being a worker in the organization oh, means and to, and to reshape work, workplaces, and workforces for ongoing <laughs> success in the future. All right. Hey, Wayne, Wayne, what do we know about the original new deal? Oh, there was nothing new about the new deal for sure. Wasn't it was neither a deal, deal nor a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the deal was, deal that was, give us your gold. That was the deal. Yeah, yeah that, you know that's you that's exactly it too. This is going to relate to the the fiat currency. Yeah, people call it reset, whatever you want. But you know we have a problem in this world. You can get things of intrinsic value, which I have stated, things like gold and silver. But the problem will always be that we've been locked into a system where the value of things intrinsic is now measured by fiat, which is fake. Um, and there's no way around that unless people want to barter. Um, so this is a pretty telling to include the words new deal. in this is pretty fricking telling. 
Yeah, and just an interesting aside about the New Deal. Uh, I found a book uh, written by uh, FDR's, it's either his grandfather or his great-grandfather, where he introduces the concept and idea of the New Deal. And so it's far older than FDR, just so people know. I'll I'll see if I can find that book in my digital files, and I'll send it over to you guys. But, uh, yeah. At least something in that administration had legs, I guess. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's pre-planning. Uh, that goes Isn't on always... like even before even before these ideas are instituted and like that that's the whole thing people need to understand it's the long game with these always people. is all always the time. is yep always is and that's so, that's the the one thing that um, is so i think unsettling about uh, the current situation is that they've gone from this playing the long game to uh, the sprint for the finish that's that's the unsettling part to me is that it has been uh, historically the, uh, glacial pace and they are really moving at more of a tidal wave at this point this becomes corporate feudalism at some point and in the next little graphic um, I would ask you, Baldini, uh, what is stakeholder capitalism? On the face of it, what is that? Well, I mean, uh, at the on this very, uh, what they're basically, it, they're trying to sell you on there being value, that you have some value and ownership in it. Um, but it's the same idea uh, as being a citizen. <laughs> Ultimately, it's a it's a promise with nothing behind it. Isn't this really, though, if you look up the word stakeholder, it'll be someone with skin in the game or control right. in the game or something like that. So what you're actually talking yes. about are the corporations themselves. And so basically, if I was going to rename stakeholder capitalism, I would call it corporate feudalism. Isn't that really what this means? I don't think you're very far off there. No, and, but I think that yeah. the way that the way that it goes uh, downhill, right, is that is that the promise uh, there's promise of being a stakeholder to everybody, and it's a fraud. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> yeah. that that's the whole thing. It's the right. double reverse. No, the employees are not stakeholders, and the truth of what's not being said here is that the reduction in the workforce, even if none of this was planned, the simple automation of our world is going to reduce the massive. The, the largest part of the workforce pyramid, the base, where the most people, the least skilled, fill the most positions, um, all those people are going to not be able to do what they've done. This includes serving tables, driving yeah. vehicles at some point, presumably, um, anything to do with ideas like fast food or typical checkouts of any kind. But I, I think I think you're, the, the term you're using is, uh, you know, corporate feudalism. I think that's uh, excellent. I think it works as well as uh, any other and certainly is more accurate uh, than stakeholder capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's a much more realistic. Actually, in terms of what it actually represents, yes. Yeah, it's a Somewhat. much more realistic description for sure than stakeholder capitalism. <laughs> Come see the violence enhancing the system. I'm being oppressed. <laughs> well, I didn't vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was coming. It's yeah. an interesting question. Someone just wrote, if any of you started a breakaway society, which direction would you take it? Forward, backward, spiritual, stoic, capitalism, or what have you? The answer is to yes. Me, well, yeah, I think the answer is what we've learned in all this is how far we came from nature. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's the only thing there is. And so I would go back to that, whether you want to call that going back, whether you want to call that spiritual. It's a lot of things. It's everything. It's the system that created you and me, and it's the system that gives us everything we need to live. It's the system that gives us the only time we have that matters, and it's the only system where new beings can come to existence. 
So and, it's and the antithesis me, I, of, of this digital idea, this yes, synthetic. And for, for me, I mean, I've been pursuing uh, the idea. There's a, a group of people who are trying to, you know, do some uh, thing like this, communal living, a, uh, what you want to call it, breakaway society or whatever. But over the years that uh, the my wife and I, yeah, there you go, the poppy cult. The yep. cult. The cult. Um, but uh, over the years that my wife and I have looked at it, what we came up with in terms of the best, and I, mean, I hesitate to use the word government, but certainly infrastructure, if you will. You know, Baldini, uh, b- before I forget to tell you, instead of calling it the poppy cult, why don't you call them poppy seeds? Poppy seeds. I like. No, I like it. <laughs> I like. I'll take anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, but the idea, uh, basically, the same thing that seems to work the best is uh, the Native American uh, elder, uh, multi generational uh, tribal council sort of thing, uh, seems to have the best um, benefits, um, and that's uh, that's kind of the direction um, I, I'm pursuing. Is uh, is that well, sort of thing? That's following nature too, isn't it? Absolutely. Because nature yeah. shows you that every segment of a working group has its different things it can offer. The young have what they have, the middle aged have what they have, yep. and it generally ends up that the older have experience. That's exactly um, it. This, that's exactly this is again it, so. outlined in the movie The Matrix. The people living in Zion. There's a board of elders there. Yep. Uh, presumably with more experience, but this too is just an echo of the natural world. And that, yeah, this is exactly what we've come to, right? Is that the, you know, we always laugh about how when we were young, we were so sure of everything, but we were retarded. You know, I just want to slap that kid. Uh, but they have a lot of energy, right? Uh, and as you get older, you get things figured out, but you're like, oh, you're just too tired to deal with any of it. Uh, but what we see with the multi generational approach is that those who are the elders, they have the experience and they can guide the young people who have the energy to pursue it. Uh, and therefore, the entire uh, culture moves forward uh, together. And so it works out uh, pretty well uh, and also the same with uh, raising the younger generations is that the young parents are, are best suited to, to bearing healthy children but they're unprepared to be parents <laughs> and so this is where uh, the elders come in uh, as they have they have the the greater experience uh, and can guide and direct uh, so that's the anyway that's the direction that uh, I'm taking right is to we're looking very much toward the Native American uh, tribal way of doing it yeah, I would say a combination of going back to the natural ways and just common sense. Like, that is sadly lacking in our world right now. If we could just restore common sense. Uh, because because you know, of intuition, Wayne. The loss of intuition murdered common sense. And that's intuition, correct. Intuition's coming back online. A lot of women always had it, but we've lived in a society that's tried to marginalize the female energy or make it more masculine if it was going to be allowed into the mainstream. That changes in this age. The female energy comes forward to rule. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you all and, the way. And that harkens back to the nature idea again because we're naturally intuitive. And that's part of uh, you know our, our makeup uh, is that, that intuitiveness. So common sense. And that's the thing that's sadly lacking right now. And you're you're absolutely correct about that. And, you know, uh, I could see that going forward, uh, we do have this reemerging of these kinds of ideas. Um, so it depends, like, what side of the aisle are you going to be on? The, the ones that are in charge right now, in power right now, are fighting vehemently to have something completely artificial uh, happening here. But uh, this this mass awakening that's going on is seeing these shifts in energy once again back towards the the more natural, the more spiritual ideas, uh, these kind of things. So I mean, it's going to be an interesting uh, 
you know, next couple of decades coming up. We'll see what happens. I don't see why you can't have technology that works in harmony with nature. We do see places that do these kinds of things. The whole point is not to be selfish and destructive. Uh, he just followed up with, uh, is there a balance where we can have Zeppelin's cathedrals in nature? I don't see why not. It all comes down to whether oh, you're going to let giant corporations suck the blood out of everything and everyone. You have to we, be in control already, of your own communities. Yeah, we've already had that time. We've, we had that time and lost it to the Vatican. Um, right. The Vatican will tell you that it built Notre Dame. No, it did not. It took over Notre Dame. And if you ask them who built it, who was the architect, they can't tell you because they didn't hire him. So what you're looking at is the dividing line. And it's not that far ago. We don't know exactly how long, but it's not that hard to get back to. Um, we still have these ideas. We still have examples in the world. And by the way, there's more than just the path of a higher human being in glass and stone. There's technology in those buildings. Yeah. Um, I think the evidence of that is overwhelming, for sure. But this is, oh, in the sure. age of air, we will draw our energy from the air, our thoughts, all the things that come with air are huge. It's just that, unfortunately, you and I are sitting in the changeover period, the and, first but if we're, decade. Uh, as with so many things, uh, much of it has to do, again, with intention. So much of it isn't even about the technology itself. It's the intention with which it's applied and who's running it, right? And so the same thing could, could be said about uh, any number of technologies, e even some, some of the, you know, the transhumanism stuff that we, we talk about and we see it as a, a very uh, de definitively negative thing, uh, but largely because of the agenda that's going along with it, why they want it. Right is is for purposes nefarious. When in fact, you know, I mean, you, you could do all sorts of things with technology that's not harmful. Uh, just the fact that they're using it in the harmful ways ma makes it uh, undesirable <laughs> in the extreme right now. So, uh, again, so much of it has to do with intention. And I think, uh, you know, as you look closely into some of the the past stuff, certainly implosion stuff. Look uh, at, um, you know, Schomburger and um, or uh, Victor Schauberger, uh, some of his work, and uh, several other people looking. Implosion versus explosion in the natural vortex technologies. Um, there's evidence all kinds all over the place. Uh, certainly, if you look at John Levy's work, that sort of stuff, uh, Martin uh, Madsen's. Uh, so it, there's evidence everywhere that uh, people, as Crow said, it's already been done. <laughs> there's nothing it's new. It's not even that done. long ago. We have yeah, writing from not. people in in the 1900s, uh, like Steiner. There, there are tons of people like this around who had a much more common sense nature-based idea of how the, the world worked and the other thing is is we shouldn't forget just because we see the dark side of the coin so much right now there is a white side um, and they're there and there are powerful members on the light side uh, a time will come uh, the human race doesn't end because some jackasses want to take over the world they can make it hard they can make it miserable they can do a lot to all of us but in the long run, this all shakes out because human beings have a trajectory. We're not here for no reason. Um, and so, you know, I would say it again. We're in a point that's hard for anybody. It's called change. Human beings don't like change. And this change sucks butt to be <laughs> polite about it. You know? um, the point well, that's is, how you really feel, yeah, we'll on. get through it. We'll get through it. And uh, in the age of air, things that we would consider magical right now are supposed to come to pass. And by the way, it's also the first reckoning of operation and guidance from the female energy, which has been male as far as we know up to this point for the stated reason that it's been so brutal, the male energy had to lead to keep us alive. 
All right, so let's get back to the old document. Five imperatives for resetting the future of work agenda. <clears throat> Transform organization design and work design. Transition into a more simple and agile structure. Moving away from traditional multi-layered organizations. <laughs> yeah, you need that one world. Gotta, gotta have just one <laughs> voice coming down and telling you exactly what to do. Of course. Comrades, there can only be one. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Cultivate health and well-being. Support employees with dedicated and targeted programs for physical, social, financial, and mental well-being. Take your happy pills because everyone must be happy and forced with chemicals when necessary. Mm -hmm. Make sure you take your vaccine. <laughs> That's part of your happy pills. All right. Yeah. Al align new technology and skills. Embrace the necessary integration of technology and skills to transform the workplace. Well, they've definitely been doing that. Build human-centric leadership culture. Adopt a people-focused approach when connecting with workers. You should have been doing that the whole time everywhere. All <laughs> That's just kind of common sense. Oh, that one's cracking me up. And the last one. <laughs> go ahead, Crow. Go ahead. Well, it just occurred to me, you know, if they combine the jab with Vicodin, I bet they'd get a lot more takers. <laughs> mm. A little Xanax in there. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about, you know, the whole Brave New World. Ready Player One is like the, the digitized version of Brave New World, you know, the actuality yeah. of it. Um, and, Super and, Soma. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they drugged the living bejesus out of them, and they were happy to be drugged. So I just got to thinking, I wonder how long it'll be. You know, I saw them giving away joints for people who would take the shot. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. How long will it be before they just say, so screw it, you want to get high, you got to take the shot. Here you go. We'll even, we'll even inject it for you. The last one is embrace stakeholder capitalism. Create a socially responsible and sustainable ecosystem by ensuring equitable sharing of risks and rewards between employees and organizations. Well, okay. Equitable. Equitable. Yeah, the they root of that word very... means equal, so it's a lie from the get-go. Exactly. Well, they used the very good buzzword sustainable there, so. <laughs> All right. Let's get down here. So that was just the intro, folks. <laughs> and they already it's a got. It's a, it's a beautiful document. It, uh, man, this is great. By the way, uh, to answer a question in the uh, chat room here, we've tried to get Wim Hof on, and uh, his organization did not respond to us, unfortunately. Transform organization design and work design. Empower an agile and distributed workforce. Organizations that operate in complex, multi-layered matrix structures are likely to have experienced challenges to operating effectively during the pandemic due to an ongoing introduction of new regulations and guidelines requiring businesses and employees to frequently align operations with little time to spare. In pursuit of quicker response times and more agile operating practices, a shift from a traditional matrix structure to one that is nimbler by bringing together employees from different functions with varying skill sets and experience may provide a boost for organizations to transform rapidly to a more efficient, simplified structure. You literally just said nothing with a whole lot of words. That was the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever heard. It's word salad. Yeah. They used matrix. They used the word matrix in there a couple of times. <laughs> well, I enjoyed that movie too. 
The trend towards such vertical restructuring, eliminating functions and departments to streamline decision-making, bringing it closer to where company's future value will be created, is accelerating. The newly simplified setup can empower teams to collaborate across functions and geographies and improve decision-making speed by empowering those closest to customers and projects. This is just a whole bunch of nonsense, guys. I mean, this really is. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> you said a bunch of stuff and said nothing. Yeah, all, all they're literally jargon. saying is be more efficient. That's literally what they could have said, and it would have said the same thing without four thousand paragraphs. But they had to get the buzzwords in to show you how smart they are. Because it's science. Science. <laughs> Don't you trust the science? It's a science. <laughs> are you one of those science deniers? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> because oh, the goodness. enabling factors the number one enabling factor is data <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta know stuff yeah, exactly. the files are in the computer yeah it's data when you've been in data infrastructure and culture you put those three together Jason <laughs> you've got a robust infrastructure <laughs> <laughs> that you do <laughs> quite the matrix to build upon <laughs> yeah you do you have a, a you have a robust matrix and uh, so the vertical stacking uh, is absolutely going to uh, help uh, in, encourage the stakeholders uh, to be uh, more agile and nimble in their processes and, and empowered been empowered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't think of too sake. many more anti-fragile things than this. Yes, know? it is anti-fragile. That's for sure. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> the second aspect, explore hybrid working options. Mm-hmm. Prior to the beer, du- beer bug pandemic, remote working was a distant concept for many organizations and employees, with the majority of companies offering this option to less than 25% of their workforce. When lockdowns were put in place during the pandemic, companies were forced to pivot to remote working, essentially overnight in some cases. The remote workforce is anticipated to continue to grow post-pandemic as organizations are changing their policies to allow more employees to work flexibly or off-site. Well, better than being in those stupid cubicles, right? That's how you accurately and actively pivot to face the new challenge. Well, you have to nimbly pivot. You do. Be sure to be nimble. And agile. And agile, yes. You have to be agile because otherwise these hybrid working conditions don't work. Yeah, so pretty you, sure the robust you, stakeholders will handle it. Give you, yeah, that would give you a range of positive effects. <laughs> Just go on and on. <laughs> it's a very empowering thing, you know. Well, these are traditionally marginalized <laughs> groups. <so laughs> we we want to make sure. You know, this all this nonsense we read in these documents has crept into the news for some time. Like, like now they pause things. Everything gets paused. Nobody pauses anything unless it's a freaking CD, you know? Yeah. Um, the moment you hear these words, you should understand that Poppycock is following. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, like, anytime you see uh, a comment in a social media thread that begins with the word, actually, anything that follows is <laughs> nonsense. Whatever comes after is a complete rectal extraction. Uh, so yes, if you see any of these uh, buzzwords, you you know that what follows is complete garbage. <laughs> oh dear. 
Uh, it's like, uh, I, I bet, oh, so pivot to remote working. That's a good, <laughs> here we yes. go. So, yes, I would I would uh, imagine that every document that comes out of uh, SpaceX or Tesla, any one of Elon Musk's companies, um, probably is uh, 95% uh, just buzzword <laughs> word salad. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure they're they're uh, industry leaders. They're they're uh, influencers. <laughs> influencers. There you go. Mm-hmm. YouTube influencers. influencers. Yeah. Carry on, my wayward son. <laughs> <laughs> In addition to a range of positive effects and providing employees flexibility through remote working options, it also serves as an opportunity for companies to expand their talent base beyond traditional sources geographically as well as demographically. Remote working removes physical boundaries that previously limited the talent pool and enables <laughs> hiring across cities, states, countries, and continents. Thank you for calling customer support. This is Steve. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did the internet fix that problem? I press one for English. Oh, thank you for pressing English. <laughs> Wait, what? My name is Kevin. Can I have thank you for pressing the English button today. Thank you for pressing English button. I speak perfect English. <laughs> Wait, is that cultural appropriation? Oh, shit. I'm in trouble. <laughs> you're, you're in big trouble. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, what's the old one? I knew a Japanese girl Irene but they called her Eileen <laughs> Irene <laughs> Irene but then again she only had one leg so mm-hmm. there's that mm. that makes her IHOP oh yeah <clears throat> she works at IHOP now <laughs> new ways oh, of dear. working are providing new opportunities allowing companies to tap into new digital talent pools globally in addition to geographical expansion of talent sources Companies may also be able to further diversify. Oh, I knew they were going to get it in there somewhere. <laughs> diversify. To further diversify their workforce <laughs> by extending remote working opportunities to traditionally marginalized groups. Oh, traditionally. Margarine? Marginalized. So, so what it's they just, just said is the, these dudes that'll work for a penny an hour, we can get at them now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or poor man. Irene. I bet she pivots well on her one Oh, oh. <laughs> oh <laughs> Robustly, anti-fragile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, next <laughs> next option. Pivot to remote working. There it is. <laughs> there it Pivot. is again. Pivot. Companies have quickly pivoted to remote working during lockdowns. This has involved introducing new digital tools, clarifying remote work policies, fostering employee engagement and mental health, and providing equipment <laughs> for homeworking to counter issues such as increased musculoskeletal strain. So you gave them laptops, what? And a pillow? They don't work anymore. They sit at home on a couch. They're not getting hurt. <laughs> at least till their heart stops. <laughs> Workday, for instance, provided each employee with a $500 stipend for their home office. However, crows have quickly realized that as remote working persists, some of the routines established early in the crisis to promote engagement, such as daily huddles and evening gatherings. Nobody likes any of that shit, by the way. Everybody thinks it's dumb. Daily huddles. Are placing excessive demands on employees' time, leading to exhaustion. In the UK, 48% of people working remotely reported long and irregular hours during the initial weeks of lockdown, and 60% said they were showing increased symptoms of fatigue. Solutions include nudging managers to think afresh about what works, even weekly, and making sure that balance and boundaries are respected. 
In addition to these themes, remote working also prompts considerations around building a more inclusive and cohesive workforce, such as fostering collaboration between remote and on-site employees, providing managers with sensitivity training. Oh, yes. Mm. <laughs> uh, just like Coca-Cola telling their white employees to be less white, it's offensive. And mm. embedding the sense of an open workplace in the organization's culture. Some organizations have begun leveraging technology in support of this, for example, by analyzing social networks via email and calendar activities. Aha. Uh -huh. Oh boy, that was a analyzing right social there. networks. Wow. So yeah, a bit words, more monitoring. Yeah. They're collecting yeah. your data. Yeah. I think it's interesting how people working from home are now more uh, fatigued. Yeah, that is an interesting side effect, isn't it? To mm -hmm. this whole thing. They're more fatigued working at home. Mm -hmm. hmm. Too. I could go teach them a thing or two. I don't know, but I think some of these crows. <laughs> <laughs> but at least they have no muscles. Sounds like you need sensitivity <laughs> training. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. I, I need some of that sensitivity. Yeah, add with him. There's no H in crow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is such bullshit, man. <laughs> Every time we do one of these, I just shake my head and go, what? <laughs> this is the biggest pile of steaming crap I have seen. <laughs> Apparently, oh, my, my internet is giving grief. I don't know if we're still I, online. I see it's, uh, it is buffering. Uh, from, yeah. From my, Chat room, if you can hear us still, let me know, because I'm still streaming from my streaming software, but, but the online data is seeming to be mucked up. Yeah, chat's so. flying, but... Uh, I'll tell you. Yeah, we need to give this a second, because we might might have just lost it. I'm not sure. It seems uh, to be slowly going. Yeah, slow go, but it's going. Because I said it was because I said it was a steaming pile of crap. That's what. <laughs> whoa, 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 dude! <laughs> All right, All right. D Live seems to be back. D Live, if you can hear me, please type in the chat. And YouTube, just let me know if you're getting everything. Rose, all right, you Rose are good, still here. Because I'm, because I'm still getting error messages up up the wazoo saying that there's not enough data. Not hmm. enough data. How much more data do they want data. from this document? We better keep reading the document then if they don't have enough data. It's not robust <laughs> well, I enough. Yes, there's all kinds of anti-fragile. Let's pivot them to be more robust. robust. Indeed. <laughs> More data than you could shake a stick at. Mm -hmm. just, just okay, it says excellent the connection paragraph. then. I guess it it Yeah, let's pivot it to the next section here. All right. This matrix of document. Here we go. Redesign the workspace. The impact of the beer bug has led companies worldwide to a sudden reassessment for the role of the office. Traditional purposes for dedicated company space include fostering team engagement, creating a sense of community, doing certain types of work where material and equipment are not portable, and providing a workspace for those who do not have the infrastructure at home or the ability to work effectively remotely. Looking ahead, however, offices may not be an essential component for all employees. Facebook, for example, expects half of its staff to work remotely in the future. And uh, other companies now envision a hybrid office remote future for employees. This opens the door to reconsidering the importance of premium office space and revisiting location strategy. 
One approach is to focus on working from anywhere so that people can leverage a combination of local workspaces, office hubs, and homes. Long leases may prevent companies from closing offices immediately. However, offices can be remodeled to encourage creative and activity-based working. The sooner some of these decisions can be made, the better. Many companies are currently experiencing... Well, let, hey, let's pause there a moment and say the reason why they're saying the sooner the better is because they want to push this agenda as hard as they can. Oh, and, yeah, oh absolutely. And the sooner you get on board with it, the more the better chance they can have to succeed. The sooner we have universal buy-in... The sooner we we will be able uh, to make a uh, robust and, and uh, equal place for everybody. All, the, very, all the stakeholders. Do for all the stakeholders. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Many companies are currently experiencing the paradox, oh, a paradox, of trying to bring people back into the old office arrangement while actively planning to move it, move away from it in the medium term. For the longer term, so, many crows have begun examining site selection data, such as local skills availability across talent hubs, to make informed decisions on location strategy. Okay. So, more so does out. anyone see the main? This last paragraph sums it up. Um, this thing supposedly happened, and now everything's changing, and it can never go back because this thing supposedly happened. Yeah. In other words, now we're getting back normal and these idiots are bringing their workforce back to work, but everybody knows they got to get rid of the workplace. Um, it's a complete mind rape. Yeah. There, there is nothing here foundationally accurate or true. No, the, the, the foundation of this entire document seems to be, again, um, you would do better uh, to uh, shut your basically uh, not have a, any facility whatsoever. Everybody, you know, you're going to hire outsourced people. We'll provide you with some cheap employees uh, who can push a couple of buttons for you. And that's all you really need to do. Trust us. Yeah. And think about the side effect of this, too. If uh, these companies aren't investing money in buying office spaces, well, this makes more real estate available out there for the you know select few uh, of these uh, mega corporations and stuff to buy up this said real estate to, to do what and with though to move people into the cities. See, that's the thing. So they'll buy up all these, uh, say, oh, suburb types space. office spaces and that's living it. spaces and things like that. And, uh, you know, force people into the, the city areas uh, more so than than they would, uh, like, say, if you're looking at, like, the suburban type areas or, or more rural type areas where there may be intermittent offices and businesses and stuff here and there. Well, if these uh, companies... If they have no incentive now to actually have a physical space in one of these suburbs or something, well, then that's real estate that's on the market. So it could get bought up for pennies on the dollar by one of the major corporations or uh, one of these major power brokers that uh, you know likes to buy up land and uh, then just torn down, tear down the building and, and leave it there and force people to the city centers, uh, just like this whole Agenda 2030 thing talks about. Uh, they want to have, yeah, it's the same type of a scenario going on. Force people to the city centers and out of the suburbs and out of the rural areas. And, you know, that that's this is one of the combinations of ways that they could do that is by making some of these smaller uh, business offices and stuff decide to close up shop because they could work better 
remotely without any overhead whatsoever if they don't have to pay the rent for this facility or the mortgage for this facility or pay for the electric and everything that goes along with it. Instead, they're paying some schmuck to work from his house to use his own electricity and stuff like that uh, to do the job for them. Well, look at how much money they'll save doing that. So it incentivizes the, the small business to move out of this infrastructure, and then it makes this infrastructure available to be bought up for pennies on the dollar by those people who would, uh, you know, take the real estate, buy up the real estate, and uh, use it either for, uh, what do they call it, renaturing or something like that? Is that what mm -hmm. they call it? Yeah. To, to make the new natural space or whatever or turn it into uh, some kind of a tourist attraction or something like that. But that's the whole gist of it. If you move all of these businesses out of the suburbs and back to the city centers and, you know, that kind of thing, like if they have no central location like that, well, it kind of uh, it, it, it creates this as a side effect. So it would force people once again to the more populous areas because, if you know, if, if you have a job where – say you would have to drive 20 miles to the city or like if you live out in the country or something like that and you don't have good internet but you need internet to do your job well you know it would be more logical for you to move somewhere closer to the city center where they you know they have the good internet that you need in order to do that job so it would it would really incentivize people to do that to move towards these city centers in a lot of different ways so it, it creates this kind of a, a crossover type reaction with that too, and I think it's kind of devious the way this is all planned out. What, let's think about what it is that they're pushing here. What they're saying is, so guys, the flu lasted over a year this this time, so we're going to restructure everything. Okay, so nothing okay. ever goes back to sensible again, right? All right. So no, no, no such thing as sensible or common sense. <laughs> but but it was, what's so funny is just think about that. That is literally what they're saying. The flu lasted longer and was a bit worse, so now we have to change how you do everything. No! There's no flu, only COVID. Well, it's ironic that we're faking like that first statement has any merit. <laughs> God. All right, getting down to the next section. Align new technology and skills. Embrace technology for business transformation. So now we're probably getting more into it. <clears throat> According to the forum's Future of Job Reports, Jobs Report 2020, more than 80% of global employers have accelerated the digitization of work processes in response to the beer bug crisis. Technology has been and will continue to be a key enabler for businesses to enhance new offerings or to simplify existing procedures, thus disrupting the underlying structure, structural nature of the current tasks and job design within an organization. While the implementation of a digital... What's that? Well, I was going to say, you know, the other side of, of what you just covered again in the first part of that is the idea that nothing will be built or created anymore. In other words, we know there's a place called China that's going to build things, but here in the country that this is aimed at, they're basically talking about removing the workplace. So people are not making couches in their living room or anything that people make. So you, you see where I'm going here? It's an active move to turn the entire world into digital imaginary things. Um, and I guess China covers the physical things that the world's going to get. Something like that, if you see. 
Hmm. I, I get what you're saying there. Yeah, the, the actual manufacture of real-world physical items and right. things like that is something that's gone away. and Some, it'll Somewhere be switched. else. Yep. Right. It'll be switched to this whole digital idea where, you know, you you hack into the computer all day and that's where you spend all your free time is, you know, sitting uh, in a room with uh, your virtual reality goggles on, you know. That's how you, you pass your time. Yep. yep. Trying to make all right. the low-quality crap that is needed. While the implementation of a digital strategy can be a cost-time savings strategy, as well as helping employees to make better decisions, how? It will also cause some job profiles to cease to exist and new ones to emerge, as current tasks will be reorganized or automated. Insights and experiences from the forum's Crow, C-H-R-O, and future of work industry communities highlight that companies which were already exploring digital transformation before the beer bug have been more resilient during the pandemic, and digitalization is highly likely to remain an integral part of plans to deal with the continued threat from the quote-unquote virus, as well as for the threat, it never ends. Exactly. As well as for the transition into the new quote quote, new future of work. Companies are taking advantage of digital tools to reconfigure their production lines and office spaces in a way that enables greater social distancing and redesigning engagement, communication, and operations for remote work. Why the hell would you need to do that for the fucking flu? Flu goes away, new flu comes in. Who cares? You don't. The, 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 yeah, the thing is, you, you don't. <laughs> no, this, this can't last. This this idea, it's just well, it's too counterfeit. How do you like this? The, the company set up an agile to the next normal team. <laughs> they pivoted there. They pivoted. They pivoted. Yes, they did. <laughs> they Robustly. had a whole team ready to pivot. <clears throat> the pivot team. <clears throat> I find it entertaining that it says here that. Uh, uh, yeah, many of these companies that were already exploiting digital transformation before this whole thing set in were a lot more resilient during this, and uh, you know that kind of thing. Well, maybe it's because these you know big corporations that were already uh, starting <laughs> to get ready for this maybe had some uh, foreknowledge. Yeah, they, they got a new CEO. At least two hundred and fifty of the biggest corporations all got the new CEO right before it happened. Mm-hmm. Yipper, and it made some of these decisions probably with a little bit of, uh, you know, prior knowledge of what was coming in order to a little planning. Be, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so that they could make money hand over fist while all the smaller businesses crumpled under. So that you know, just a thought there. For and people. ready to I, say, ready to say yes to whatever hostile takeover offer was provided. Yes. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's, that's what you got to do. You got to pivot to the robustness yeah. of it all. So you bet. So, all right, let's see here. We're running low on time. What shall have, we have we beat this to death? <laughs> well, there's more to this section, but I think I think we made the point. With Integrate reskilling and upskilling. Ah. Yeah, well, they they do say that we need to cultivate health and well-being. <laughs> <laughs> Safeguard physical and mental health. I can I can tell you how to do that. Stop making up a bunch of bullshit and feeding it to people yeah. every day. There you they're go. The TV. <laughs> yeah. well, their, their, their answer to that is how do you stay healthy? Uh, inject yourself with poison. That's their answer to that. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been very damaging to our children, but let's just keep doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Safeguarding mental health. Oh, boy. Working remotely increases the risk of isolation and of mental health problems. I would think the opposite, to be honest with you. My coffee's better at home. Accordingly, crows are increasingly focused on how to promote mental well-being. In the United States, 88% of workers said they were moderately to extremely stressed during the pandemic. That's because they were being fed horse pucky the whole time. And over two-thirds said it was the most stressful time in their careers. All right, well, yeah. Keep lying to people every day and tell them that the sky is falling and they actually believe it. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's stressful, right? Uh, I think it kind of depends on what your career is. Uh, because if you're somebody like me, who's quote unquote, an essential worker, uh, I've been working through this entire thing. Uh, you know, I've well, been out in public uh, for the whole time, maskless and you know, not worried at all about any of this nonsense. So it, honestly, I think a lot of the careers and career paths that are stressed out about this are the ones that were kind of buying into the narrative given by their TV and the ones that really, you know, when they were told, stay home you're not essential like uh, say your teachers and and different career paths like that they stayed home and they they were afraid to go out and this caused them stress and worry they even still you have teachers you know in different areas across the country they're afraid to go back to school they think it's too soon and you know what they mean by that is i don't want to go back to school because i'm getting paid more sitting home uh than i would be having to actually go to work uh so let's pretend a little longer uh but like th this is what goes on like some of these people they actually wholeheartedly believe that this thing was so oh so deadly and this was a necessary thing and it's like if you're out in the real world every day you, you don't see it it's not there see no in but fact, if your, it says that, your uh, perception 80... is given to you by the tv then like many of these people who uh were in this type of situation where they were not considered essential workers or whatever, so they stayed home and collected more money on unemployment than they did uh, while they were working. Uh, it kind of creates a situation for them where it's like, well, I don't really want to leave the house because maybe there is something to this, and then they don't know what's actually going on out there in the real world. I'm having Just trouble the, finding the skewed perception. Right now, I'm, try I'm having trouble finding, um, you know, contract gig workers like the that used to do the shows. Right? Um, oh, yeah. We have work for them, not doing shows, but doing other stuff. And they're like, no, I'm, I, I make more. Um, no, uh, no. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, so it's not about work. I mean, most people in in the music industry uh, and performance stuff, uh, they do it because they love it, right? Not because it makes a lot of money. But um, when you give them the opportunity to do something. Uh, no, they'd rather just um, get the PPP money. Um, yep. Yeah, and so there you go. I noticed on page 23 here, reimagine layoffs because um, they're they're very interested in that. Um, yeah, they're calling it outskilling. <laughs> outskilling. That's outskilling. great. Yep. That's, <laughs> that's... Rather than you're fired, you're being outskilled. Yep, and uh, ultimately you get to the bottom. Their conclusion is a call to action. Uh, ba basically, again, we've got this covered. Listen to us. We firmly believe that um, we can address all, all your questions. <clears throat> but what about building human-centric leadership culture? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, uh, yeah, we're humans and we can lead you. Uh, we promise we're humans. We're not, <laughs> we used to be human. I mean, uh, no, we're, we're human. We promise. As I lick yeah. my eyeball. <clears throat> Empower local leaders and improve communication. 
Mm. Everything mm. they're saying is just, why don't you make your company more efficient? I mean, this is the way what companies always should be doing anyway. Enhance employee listening and enable human connection with sensitivity training, I'm sure. Well, consider that, again, it's... Oh, oh uh, here we go, guys. Have... The important part. Re-emphasize diversity, equity, yep. and inclusion. This is like a Star Wars storyboard meeting where they have to it have diversity on, on, on every line. Well, it absolutely is. And you'll notice um, earlier in the document, it said that I think 78% of um, respondents said that they thought their company did a good job, a good job, good job uh, in responding to the uh, crisis. Uh, and uh, of course they do. That's like uh, more than 80% people uh, believe themselves to be not just good, but excellent drivers. And uh, almost none of them are. <laughs> They're re really bad at it. Well, just to point out, having more diversity makes a company uh, pivot more robustly. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, well, just like United, just uh, United Airlines just sent out a, a corporate email. Uh, in fact, I I got it uh, as well as did many other people. But uh, they said that they were you know committed to diversity, and so they they were going to hire uh, over the next ten years. They're going to hire at least fifty percent of their people were going to be uh, representative of diverse. Right. And the pushback was intense. People were like, I don't care what color they are. I want them to be able to fly a fucking airplane. <laughs> why don't you, why don't you uh, figure out if they can fly a plane? And then uh, and then we don't really care what color they are. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of an important uh, skill to have if you uh, are going to be flying an airplane. The, the, the skill and ability to fly said airplane, I think, kind of trumps any and all other considerations, doesn't it? You would think, but that's uh, that's not their position at this time. Why does all the crap in this document look like it comes out of a Tron movie? Because? <laughs> well, maybe Tron was telling us something. Mm -hmm. Who is your user program? Mm -mm. Conclusion, a call to action. We might as well as wind this down because it's getting late. Might as well. This report has presented the experiences and lessons learned from the beer bug response of the World Economic Forum's broader future of work industry community, encompassing more than 60 crows of leading global employers, as well as, a, as, well as a, the forum's yeah, great, great language, guys as well as the forum's network of preparing for the future of work industry accelerators, comprising more than 200 senior HR leaders. Can you imagine them sitting around giving each other sensitivity training? You're not being diverse enough. Education, technology, and learning providers, academia, and government stakeholders across nine industries. Okay, so they, they wow. got a whole bunch of crap in there. Oh Under the overall yeah, umbrella of the forum's 10-year reskilling revolution initiative. Okay, now that's a little scary. This report is a reskilling revolution initiative. We're going to have to look into that one. So, man. because of the fucking flu, we're going to change everything over the next ten years. If you, um, if you, uh, Jason, once you drop the um, drop the, that this document in the chat again, I want people to not miss this. Uh, at the very end of the document, you should definitely read through it, and you can get some very interesting information by seeing who the contributors are. But when you get out of the very bottom, uh, the last couple of pages, they're um, uh, work industry accelerators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
okay. Uh, but take a look at uh, who the um, who the stakeholders here are. Um, from advanced manufacturing, uh, mining, oil and gas, and when you get to the other industries, definitely take a look at who's involved there, uh, who, who who the players are, and, and who stands to um, benefit from this. I think that's all you really need to know is look at the list starting on page 28. Look at the list of um, who stands to benefit, and it will tell you everything you need to know uh, about um, who's involved and what they want to accomplish. Well, let's take a look at this. The Bear Bug Task Force of the Community of Chief Human Resources Officers. Let's see where, where they came from. Oh. Yeah, hit, hit page 28, um, Jason, for so you can run through some of the advanced manufacturing um, and the oil and gas people. But when you get to the bottom of page 28, other industries, and that goes on 28 and 29. Um, <clears throat> Accenture. Adeco Group AG, Sentine Corporation, Cognizant Technology, Cognizant Technology Solutions, Dell, Corporation Deloitte, America, Bank, Dell Technologies. Google. Dude, you're getting a Dell. <laughs> Deloitte, yeah. Deutsche Post, Google, DHL Google, Group, Hewlett Packard, yep. Google Incorporated, Hewlett Packard, Home Instead Incorporated, Jefferson Health, JLL, Marriott, Marriott International. Well, yes. you got to stay somewhere. McKinsey, PwC, RMZ Corporation, SpiceJet, Willis mm-hmm. Towers, Watson. I haven't even heard of some of these. JP Morgan. Oh, wow. We got to get them in there. And the consumer list, um, Heineken, Nestle, PepsiCo, uh, Walmart, right? The, so the, Lego, the Lego group. group. <laughs> <laughs> Lego. But uh, yeah, aerospace, of course, they have all the big players, Airbus, Boeing, L3, Lockheed. Uh, yep. All the big players. Google. Microsoft Corporation, Johnson & Johnson. Well, it oh, tells you that they're all they're all in on this no. and they're all good with it. There's the Chinese connection, Foxconn. Yep. Yeah. Foxconn. Yep. Oh, here's all the Arab oil concerns. Yep. So, just pointed out who who's um, who the players are. Again, if you want to find the truth, just follow the money trail. Scotia Bank, um, Standard Charter Bank, T and B Bank, UBS, Zurich. Um, so they're all in there. All right, guys, it's getting late. I guess we, we can sign off. Anybody got any final thoughts they want to throw in here? Uh, we got an episode coming out. We sure do. We have our part two with the lovely and amazingly wonderful Amanda Vollmer. Crow, what yeah, was your... man, she's, she's quite something special. Um, trained at a level that most people who think in the way that's required in a sane world don't have so she's really quite something special for people who've forgotten the Canadian government just went ahead and took her last site from her um, she's running yumnaturals.store or now which links under every episode um, on my website but uh, the products she has are not only as low a price as she could possibly keep them, uh, they are par excellence, just the best stuff. Um, I don't even know what else to say about it. She's uh, she's something special. I'm glad we met her. And anyhow, that'll be episode 309. If I can carry my tired butt over to my mouse when we hang up this call, I will launch it. Um, but yeah. Baldini, what you doing tomorrow? Uh, let's see. Get a little, uh, I think poppycock in the morning as usual. And then, uh, uh, same stuff on the weekends, I think. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, probably just, um, uh, all the same stuff. 
uh, I'm wackier than a sack of hammers. <laughs> and my, my my closing my closing words as usual, fuck the fucking fuckers. That's what I got to that say. That does happen. <laughs> yep, it does. Wayne, anything you want to throw out there? No, no, no I don't got anything going on this week. Uh, I might uh, post a, a video on my YouTube channel uh, sometime within the next few days and finish up the the uh, series that I, I've been working on on there. But other than that, I'm, I don't have anything special going on this week. Just trying to get caught up on some personal things going on, getting caught up around the house and stuff like that. Cool. All right, guys, I think that's going to do it for us. I think we made the point once again. The, these uh, globalist scum fucks just uh, want to jack things over and do things the way they want to do them and the hell with anybody else and everything else. And uh, it's it's really up to us just to say no. I don't really know what else to say about it besides that. We get, we we have to be the ones to try and point out to all the ding-dongs just going along with the masks on the face and, and dull looks in their eyes. No one can change what's written in the stars. We'll get through it in the long run, but they pretty much are jacking up the end of our lifetime, it looks like. All right, everybody. We love you guys. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next week. Everyone, cheers. Everybody. cheers.